This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity is bringing back Concert Against Humanity at Gen Con on August 5th. The show will feature live performances from Eugene Merman, Aparna Nancharla, Jonathan Colton, Molly Lewis, Paul and Storm, and more surprise guests from the Chicago comedy scene. The show is open to all. Grab tickets at ConcertAgainstHumanity.com. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend James T. Green, and he talks to me about his love of and experience with and interest in exploring social justice with regards to his own anxiety. And while that may sound uh, specific and nebulous, man, this was just a wonderful conversation. It was not necessarily an easy conversation. It was not necessarily always, you know, a happy-go-lucky conversation, but it was, it felt really um, important, and um, I was just so glad to have James sharing his experiences with me and um, feeling comfortable enough to speak candidly with me at times during this interview and we had a lot of fun along the way uh when we weren't trying to take things too seriously so i think this is a really really wonderful conversation and i'm ecstatic to be sharing it with you james along with my guests from a few weeks ago share vincent host a show called open-ended which is another podcast that you can find in the chicago podcast co-op of which mbsing is a member so I'd strongly encourage you to check out their show. Uh, James references open-ended um, during the show, but also references Post Loudness, a podcast collective that he co-started with um, Alex Cox, who's also a past guest of MBSing, and the aforementioned Cher Vincent, to bring uh, some diversity and new voices to independent podcasting. And... Uh, He goes into a lot of what went into that project and um, how it's shaken out so far. They were uh, featured on iTunes last week, and I just couldn't be happier for them. And I was so inspired, as I say, probably too many times (laughs) to James in response to all the wonderful things that he was sharing about his experience with uh, putting that together and using his um, anxiety and creativity and his skills and abilities um, as a creative to be a force for good in the world and uh, um, amplifying people's voices. And it's just all a really, really great conversation. And I encourage you check out open-ended and any of those other shows on post loudness um because you should broaden your horizons right i assure you that at least open-ended is much better produced than this podcast is (laughs) i I like a long rambly convo but they do such a good job of creating tight um thoughtful conversations and interviews and uh just bringing a really cool perspective to a lot of things um and i appreciate that so much about james and Cher and alex and uh everything that they've been working on that post loudness represents um 
as a little bit of a side note, sorry to do a bit of shilling, but um, we have a sponsor for this week, an additional sponsor to the one that you heard at the top in Board Game Bento. It's a subscription box uh, for people who love tabletop games. Um, all Board Game Bento boxes come with at least $80 worth of games and accessories. And uh, this month their theme is sports. So if you want in on that, you've still got time to uh, subscribe to their box service. And you can use a promo code that they've offered up to the Nerdalogs of Nerds, N-E-R-D-S, to receive $5 off of any Board Game Bento subscription. Um so check that out. Go to their website, take in all their games and such, and maybe consider um, getting a subscription box of board games and discovering new games. Sorry to have to do that, but you know, you gotta keep the ball rolling. The sports ball. Like, these games are themed. See what I did there? It was just okay. Thank you so much for listening. I am... As I've said, really excited to uh, put this one out into the world. Um, You have one more week to see a show I wrote called Generation Gap at the Annoyance Theater. It's Tuesday, August 2nd, 8 o'clock, must close. I'm very proud of it. I think it turned out about as well as it could have um, for what I wanted it to be. So that's cool. It's a cool thing to be able to say about a project that I conceptualized. Conceived? That's probably more accurate. Um, Let's come check that out. If you want to see some live improv, you can see The Fishbowl any Thursday night at 8 o'clock at the Annoyance Theater. I said 8 o'clock. It's at 9.30. It's always at 9.30. I will be doing improv at 9.30 on Thursday night at the Annoyance Theater until they kick me out. Um, This... Saturday night, July the 30th, you can see a live Cards Against Humanity improv show at midnight at the IO Theater that I will be performing in. Uh, James works in the shared office that Cards Against Humanity uh, has set up along the lovely Elston Corridor. That is how we met, and he references being able to work out of that space a few different times so that's we're just connecting all the dots uh so if any of those shows or offers or anything tickle your fancy any of those other podcasts i've mentioned in this now rambling intro sound interesting to you please check them out please share things with your friends it's the only way that um people discover things and what lovely things there are to be discovered made by such people as the wonderful james t green this is going to be wonderful i'm really looking forward to it all right my guest today is james t green and he's going to be talking to me about um specifically where his anxiety his relationship with anxiety and social justice because that yeah that's a good way of putting it between there we'll figure out that'll at least get us started and uh we'll go from there um how where do you feel like the origin of that uh started like what was the nexus of um you know using that as a driving force to be a creative in the way that you kind of just laid out for me hmm 
That's a really, really good question. <laughs> um, first of all, it's so I have to just like break the fourth wall for a second. So it's so weird to be on the other side <laughs> of the mic. Uh-huh. You know, I I do a lot of radio stuff for a living mm-hmm. and I produce a lot of shows. I host a lot of shows, but so weird to be on the other side <laughs> having the things been a guest in a while right right and having the questions asked to me uh-huh. and not having to worry about producing this is a plus so <laughs> you're gonna give me a rare form which is excellent wonderful i love it that's that's beautiful yeah we're literally in the same studio that james frequents for his show uh open-ended and plenty of the other projects yeah. refresh that you're doing with alex i'm sure is another thing that you frequent this space for <laughs> yeah totally totally so this is weird so that that brief fourth wall I love it. Thing right there. So it's good. It gives good context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so back to your question. Sure. So it all honestly originated from me not knowing what anxiety was. Hmm. So to put things into context, right now, um, I've been formally diagnosed of having uh, generalized anxiety and depression um, as told by my psychiatrist and my wonderful therapist. (laughs) Um, Major shout out to them and a shout out to Lexapro, the wonderful, delightful drug. Great. And, but before I was aware of all this, Mm -hmm. I had no idea what this was. I thought it was just completely normal to always go through life (laughs) feeling on edge with like chest <laughs> pressure and right. like short breath <laughs> right and always feeling like what is wrong with me in this situation mm-hmm. and always feeling down mm-hmm. so in order to prevent myself from crippling down in just a state of distress i always funneled myself into my work and i always found my work to be a release wow. for itself uh and I use it as like a coping mechanism. So if something was crippling, because my depression is always activated from anxiety. So if my anxiety gets to a point, kind of like think of it as like filling up a cup of water. Uh When that water starts to overflow, that's when the depression starts to kick in. So whenever that water overflowed, which was quite often yeah growing, i was gonna say yeah, growing up then especially that's when the, if you're filtering it all into working harder you know <laughs> what i mean right uh, right and um so doing projects was like a good way and i look back and it wasn't healthy at all but sure doing projects would be a way of telling myself to forget about what it is that was bothering me so it was a good distractor and then once I started to realize that, hey, this is depression and hey, this is anxiety, um, it was all, I mean, we're, we're going to go deep, super, super quick. I love um, it. And I was first introduced with this like official diagnosis because I had lost my best friend to cancer. Jesus. Yeah. It was all like we thought he was in remission talk about overflowing the cup yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah we thought he was in remission and then out of nowhere um Jeez. it just all took everything down and oh. then that was after i lost my aunt that i was really close to and then this was also right after 
I had my own near-death experience with um, a pulmonary embolism that... Goodness. Yeah, yeah, and this was in within the span of like three to four months. James. Yeah. How so, long ago was this? This was, um, I want to say 2012, 2013. Can't wow. remember off the top. So yeah. not even in the grand, like, yeah. you know, not even that much of your life, really, right. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and this all happened back to back to back. So, of course, like, with somebody who had unchecked anxiety and depression, that was enough for me to like have myself be at the point where I was suicidal. And my partner, she had suggested, she was like, you know, maybe you should like go see a professional. And then that's when I discovered I had anxiety, depression. Well, and then, yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. Thank you. Know? <laughs> thank, thank goodness. Yeah. And then that's when I started seeing a therapist and that's when I started to have medication and that led to a much healthier um, relationship with my work good um, but the interesting thing about it is that in like my mental chemistry mm-hmm. I still worked on projects that I cared about that were fueled upon that because regardless or not like that's what kind of fuels it <laughs> right yeah. right so you, could, you couldn't just you know subtract that out of your life and your work you know (laughs) drive and everything right exactly so just the only difference now is rather than not sleeping and (laughs) just working in a fever and not eating i work on things to a reasonable hour i go to sleep (laughs) i wake up i i I drink water (laughs) yeah so it's a a, yeah it's a much calmer experience Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) I reiterate. (laughs) Um, But but what a like, you know, blessing in disguise to have something like that, that does drive you, you know, I I feel like I hear that um, a decent amount in terms of conversation about anxiety, uh, that it's it's not always a bad thing, uh, especially and you know this is coming from someone who uh certainly doesn't suffer from it like um all the time uh you know has not been diagnosed with it at all but has my has my bouts i think all <laughs> we, all of us as humans especially as like uh creatives and yeah. uh performers have those um tendencies but i do also think i remember um uh, Sean Kelly, who's with the the Improvised Star Trek podcast, told this wonderful story at Your Stories once about how his anxiety um, kind of helped him like jump into action when like his wife was uh, like was pregnant with their child that is now beautiful and bouncing <laughs> baby girl. Um, that like she had a fall and he you know had to figure out very quickly what to do and because he was anxious. He had this list of, okay, these are all the things I have to do. This is the order I need to do them in. I have, we, I have to contact both of our bosses. I have to make, you know, and he went through this checklist and I was like, man, I, I can't fathom, you know, my brain doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> and it's probably, you know, torture at times, but thank goodness in those moments, like that's what drove him to know, to kick in a high gear and know exactly uh, what needed to be done. Yeah, I can completely relate to Sean in that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's kind of like lends itself to like why a lot of the projects that like I do, they end up in fruition because like that anxiety, at least like the way that I control it is I control it by 
not only being a control freak, (laughs) (laughs) but but also being hyper organized, maybe Mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, I actually recently I had an anxiety attack because I I was over organized. So I'm actually trying to like release the reins on that a little bit. But like list making and planning and getting things out of my head and knowing that they're in a trusted space. Sure. Um, And that lends itself well because it makes it easy for me to follow up on people, whether it's like putting a launch, launching a project to fruition, or if it's a charitable project, making sure that they go to the right people. But in some ways it can be a little overbearing to the (laughs) point where like you end up, I don't know if you have this, but like this ever loop that appears in your head where you're like, oh, am I supposed to be doing this thing? Oh, is this thing done? And then it's just like over and over and then it kind of paralyzes you a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Like, um, you know, as a fellow podcaster, (laughs) I know we've had conversations about, um, the logistics being half the battle of oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah, totally. And that, uh, you know, <laughs> I am obviously just really great at. <laughs> <laughs> she said tongue in cheek. Um, but it's that's like weekly, at least, if not, you know, daily. And um, there's there's definitely also a culture in the Chicago comedy community, specifically, where there are so many opportunities that especially as a young performer, you can get so sucked into, I have to be doing this here, and I have to be seeing this show, and I have to be taking this class, and I have to be watching this person, and listening to this, and watching this, and like, that's so, it is important to like, you know, take in a lot of that stuff, and grow as a performer and everything, sure, but it's so easy to lose yourself in that cycle of, like trying to accomplish all these things and take in all these things. So I am sure that the world of, you know, freelance and, (laughs) uh, you know, projects and all of that is totally a similar vein. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, well, how do you feel? Um, what do you feel like are the biggest ways that you kind of rein everything in aside from like you're saying you know rest (laughs) water (laughs) normal things your body needs yeah the biggest thing i've had to consciously like keep in the front forefront of Mm -hmm. my mind is actually stepping away from the one thing that i need in order for a lot of these things to run and that is the internet so so a big reason why my anxiety really fuels is every minute I'm reminded that I'm black in America, which is at least recently, you know, to put things in perspective, we're recording July 20th. And there's been I think about three or four shootings that have happened within the last week of unarmed black folks. And a lot of my projects are fueled from that frustration of this bind that I have with myself and the world. I exist in this space where I have privileges. Sure. You know, I've gone to college. I'm in 
this wonderful co-working space with all these opportunities and these resources. I have access to wonderful people to help me out. I teach at a university, so I have class privileges and things of that nature. But there's a lot of moments where microaggressions become amplified in my forefront, whether it's whenever I leave this co-working space and somebody gives me a look when I hop onto the Ashland bus home or clutches their bag or things of that nature. It's like always those little reminders that remind me that no matter what position you have in life, someone will either think less of you or worse, shoot you on sight. So that is a big part of my I can't even fathom it I mean I yeah that is a big part of my anxiety yeah I feel like this Mm -hmm. conversation you can't ignore that as a part of your you know experience and Mm -hmm. uh like you said just day-to-day life um I can't even fathom it yeah so a lot of times like for instance I think about I have this charitable project that I kick up every now and then whenever I have um as I call them self-care coins in my Aww. bank um and by meaning self-care coins where like I look at self-care as like this kind of bank that I have to deposit and withdraw mm-hmm. as needed so for instance last week I went to the zoo Aww. and I was off of Twitter for the entire weekend yes. and I spent so much time with me and my partner I saw zebras Hmm. i saw seals i had a subpar polish (laughs) i I got a lot of sun i drank whiskey i deposit a lot of things into the self-care coins sure but when you have these shootings that then surround you and you're again reminded of that again unavoidable yeah exactly unavoidable there's still that piece of anxiety that feels like okay, I, I know this is happening, but there's something that I have to do. And there's some parts of my anxiety, maybe, I, I don't know if some of it is socially driven, but I will freeze up if I think about the idea of going out to a march or doing something physically involving like my body in space mm-hmm. and people for that matter. Sure, yeah. Um, and and something that has become, you know, at least the most like, or one of the most uh, visible and, uh, you know, active parts of the response to these shootings and these, you know, tragedies is like, well, so, for some people that's what it looks like because it, it's yeah. like that's what it has to be or yeah. you know or so you know because you have to do something so mm-hmm. i'm sure that the the idea and anxiety tied to that has to be such a double-edged sword for oh, you totally so it's it then begins at a point where it's like okay i'll have to dip into the self-care coin right uh, i'm sorry self-care bank bank you're right and release another run of I have uh, shirts that I designed Um, I have a background in visual art and web design and programming so Mm -hmm. I made a shirt that says black lives matter but it's spelled out in CSS markup oh cool 
And I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. It's the cover on your Twitter, mm-hmm. right? Oh, right. it's so good. Yeah. And, and that's so like personal for you yeah. too. Yeah. And I remember like, that's even a whole nother story that we can dig into on how that <laughs> came about. Cause that was from an anxiety attack. Wow. And it's, it's a, it's been a very successful shirt and a hoodie line. And the thing about it is a hundred percent of the proceeds go to a black lives matter chapter. That's fantastic. In in the United States. And right now I've been specifically focusing in Chicago uh, since the Laquan McDonald shooting. Sure. So it was that point where it was a mixture of a lot of people asking, hey, where did this shirt come from? I really want to buy a shirt and support and all this stuff. And then it was also me battling because whenever I do a new line of these shirts, I get harassment on my Twitter, my Facebook any type of social media oh from God. either from either people that are like within like people that may know people I know and then complete strangers. So it's something where I know I'm going to be doing good, but at the same time, you it's going to, to drain me to psychologically. And you can't totally. I know I have thought so much about just like leaving Facebook specifically altogether just because I think so much of it is like (laughs) does more harm than good for my brain and my productivity. But (laughs) you also as a creative and as a community builder just have to accept that that is kind of part of it, it, at least in the, you know, in the modern landscape. So it's like you're, damned if you do and damned if you don't it has to be a part of it but you also subject yourself to this what a nightmare (laughs) so yeah so it was again like that that thought process and realizing that okay i now have to withdraw from the self-care bank in order to release this and um you know help out like my friends that i see that are brave enough to be on the front lines and it's like if i can fund bail for somebody yeah. or if i can yeah. fund organization Organizing, or that's what i was gonna say or food and supplies like whatever that's, it looks yeah, like that's the way that i can help out oh. for for my anxiety God, that's um, so you using <laughs> your you know skill set and passions to and that being the way that you funneled into this is so uh it's so inspiring <laughs> and i just can't uh-huh. imagine having to like think about that every yeah. time you do it yeah and and, and, it, and it's hard um especially like i i, I use twitter a lot sure yeah <laughs> um it's it's the way where i communicate with a lot of my friends so mm-hmm. it can be and you know i'm preaching to the choir for a lot of people especially <laughs> for uh, you know especially for women and trans folks that have to deal with this way more often than me as a cis guy of in between me having a casual conversation with friends, I'll get like a drive by N word, you know. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, when it's and good and that Lord. yeah, and that shit stays with you. Like as much <sighs> as like you don't think it does, like it kind of sits with you in the back of your mind, and, and and it robs you of some of your attention and some of your shine. Of and course, it, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How could it not? <laughs> I yeah. I got so. I got so sick this weekend think like um in regards to Leslie Jones like I've been so excited about Ghostbusters coming out and I've been so excited to like give it support 
and see these people who I think are four of the like hands down funniest people doing comedy right now. And then to have like fucking Nero or whatever his asshole name is just Mm -hmm. like lead this disgusting charge. And like you said, like tarnish this experience for her when there are, she even said it herself, like there's so many people who are, congratulatory and so excited and she doesn't even get to enjoy it like mm-hmm. yeah. it's unfathomable yeah so it's definitely me. yeah so i mean definitely like from my last deposit into the self-care bank <laughs> sure i've realized that being away wasn't as bad as i thought it would be huh. so huh. so i've been like slowly introducing that back into like my everyday and then thinking like okay how can i better channel this more more of the time that i have and more of the energy i have to like keep going more of the important things rather than online discourse um so yeah that's so very long-winded way of explaining to you (laughs) (laughs) that is how i keep it together and sure. that, and that's like a very broad way of stating at least visually to the public that I'm keeping it together because more often hmm. than not I don't have it together <laughs> yeah but, but you have to like put on that armor and kind of appear that you have things together for I, the sake of existing in the world <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's uh the importance of knowing what you can or can't handle at any given time i am sure is so invaluable Mm -hmm. for you uh you know for anyone but especially like you were saying knowing whether or not you have it in you that day to like take that stand in your way and like make lead that charge with your you know black lives matter shirts and um you know other is that the charitable project that you're referring to or are there other things Um, that exist in that realm there are things in the works that i'm planning okay um to kind of expand that further but there's other there's other things i guess you could say that aren't necessarily directly charitable but more along the lines of making sure to expand the voices of other people sure um more particularly post loudness. Yeah, I would love to hear you speak on that yeah. if you'd like. Yeah, so that was another thing that like grew out of my anxieties and this blend between trying to do good mm-hmm. in the world while battling anxiety and figuring out the best way to utilize my skills. Mm-hmm. So Post Loudness is a podcast collective based right here in Chicago. And it focuses on hosts and voices of people that identify as people of color, women, and queer identified. So any combination of those intersections is like the main focus that we like to focus on at Pulse Loudness. And Mm -hmm. right now, particularly Chicagoland-based people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it came from... Uh, it was founded by me, uh, Chair Vincent, who was a previous guest on here. Yep. And Alex, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And Alexandra Cox. And the main reason it came about 
was we were really frustrated because we're big radio nerds and big radio fans, but we weren't hearing the voices of people that sounded like us. And not only the people that sounded like us, but the stories that we wanted to hear. And then also to throw a wrench in there, we kept hearing all these great stories of people around us that Mm -hmm. looked like us, sounded like us, but didn't have the wherewithal or the resources or even the time to put things out there. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of be that bridge to not only shake up the landscape of the type of shows that are coming out there, but then also like add more voices to the spear, you know, Mm -hmm. podcasting is so open and it's meant to be like this almost democratized medium for sure. Yeah. And if it's a democratized medium and it's only telling one side of the story, which is the white male story, then how is it actually a successful democracy? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, And we wanted to do our small part in that. And because we focus so much on this intersection of people, Mm -hmm. um, then the host, once they learn more and more about production skills and interviewing skills, they're telling their stories about, you know, self-care within black women or talking about mental health from a black queer perspective or talking about the intersection of feminism and technology yeah. or it's so you know, yeah. like you rattle these things off and it's yeah. like, man, all like these are so great. And like, yeah. you know, I've loved listening to roboism and, and open-ended for a while now. And I, I haven't uh, dived into anything else on mm. the, on the network yet, but it, it's, you know, you so simply summarized how, uh, important and interesting and like necessary for people who those kinds of things are going to speak to so much more. And like, I'm totally guilty of my, (laughs) you know, feed my podcast feed being filled with like white male comedians (laughs) because those are the things that like became popular. And I've had to like make a concerted like effort to go, okay, like I, I get what this is like I understand this aspect of the like podcasting world and uh you know seek out like unfortunately you it takes sometimes it like takes more effort to Mm -hmm. find um uh, things that are like outside of your bubble yeah Um, and and the thing is like I I totally feel you right on there because like podcasting is such, you know, here we are navel gazing here. Right. Podcasting sure. is, is, such a, <laughs> is such an intimate medium. I mean, like you're traveling with people in their ears as yeah. they move around in space. Yeah. So allowing like a new voice into that intimacy is intimidating. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I'm hope I'm hoping with post loudness is that it allows for like, an entryway to like introduce different voices into your sphere using like familiar topics that maybe people are already introduced to themselves. Like, yeah. Like if you love tech podcasts, why not try a tech podcast? That's not two cis white guys. And, and realize that even though we're, even though both of these shows, like the hypothetical two cis white guy po- uh, tech podcast sure. and Refresh, sure. even though they may be talking about, let's say, the Apple keynote, 
the perspective that's going to come from two people that are not cis white guys will be a different perspective because we think about the world differently. Of course. Uh, So generally things are going to come out in that way Yeah, because experiences are different. So, you know, that's what I'm hoping. And it's like a small form. At least I try to justify it to myself. It's a small form of social justice that like utilizes my talents and skills and <laughs> way to fight anxiety Man, I, <laughs> and yeah uh, I so can't we'll see. <laughs> it, it's uh, I just like I from my perspective you are doing so much good work like I I like I said earlier like it's really inspiring and I really respect thank you the the work that you've done and continue to do and um, the way that you guys seem to uh, kind of, I, I love what you said about, um, you know, finding uh, like an entry point, uh, the same, like a similar entry point that you might have into another project, but just, you know, attaching it to people who have more like unique perspectives than maybe everything else that's right. filling the iTunes store. Like right. that is so, that's such a good way to put it. And, mm. and you know, it's not like, it's not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but it's, you know, <laughs> some people ride bikes and some people drive cars, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And then even like, if we're, if we're thinking about like, let's say let's, let's go into your wheelhouse here. <laughs> Um, and I'm not even going to interview you because like does not even think, but like if you want to go into the wheelhouse of comedy, you know, like even just having different people is different, different comedy styles. Absolutely. Like for, like for example, like on the surface of things, oh yeah, dude. And the read, they're both considered comedy podcasts. Right. But the difference are like their styles of comedy are completely different. Sure. But then they can both be funny. God, I at the same I time. cry laughing at the read. <laughs> I think they're so funny. Yeah. And yeah. I have garnered this level of respect for um, you know, listening to uh their perspectives in a way that I don't know if I would have if I hadn't, you know, started listening to that show you know like that's just me being my little like sheltered white girl self in my little (laughs) comedy bubble and like hearing more than one person recommend that show and going like all right i'm gonna check this out and like i'm i'm like uh i am a podcast listener who goes back to the very beginning oh you're brave (laughs) you are brave because i love it i don't know what it is some people are like that i can't do that that is intimidating to me i love it i i I, it's very methodical. If I do anything that is methodical and like um, organized, it may very well be <laughs> only <laughs> the way that I listen to podcasts. Sure, like, sure, yeah. so I will just pick one. Usually, I'll have like one or two that are my main things that I'm like tackling at the time, and I'll listen to those um, more frequently than I'll listen to the things that are like on my kind of weekly schedule or right, that I, right. I pick here and there um, in terms of like who the guests are. But man, listening back through, I'm like on like over two year old episodes of the read, yeah, but it's yeah. still so like important and relevant. And I just love the, the discourse that they have with one another. And like you said, like the way their comedy and their, um, timing and that what they find funny is so different and god i love the read i love yeah, it yeah. and then like 
also the thing that people maybe forget is that when you introduce different styles and different things into like your listening habits like we'll say podcasting for a second Mm -hmm. that in turns makes you a more well-rounded person and makes more well-rounded in this case comedy because you know like what not to say (laughs) yeah in in your jokes that's so true like, like like it's like you know and it's 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 always a benefit to introduce different Good. voices into your you know shows like i think a good example is like i listen to a show called the racist sandwich okay podcast which is um hosted by um and i i might have to fact check myself um but the two hosts i believe are south asian or east asian okay and they're based out of portland oregon so it's already two intersections that i do not exist in and it's also in the intersection of food oh i love it yeah so i've learned so much (laughs) from like their show that it's 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 all a benefit yeah that Um, sounds awesome yeah so it's like it can it can just be something as simple as like taking like in your weekly podcast diet, mm-hmm. taking out a usual, replacing it with somebody new, giving them a trial run. If they pass, they can either both exist in harmony or you get rid of the old one. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's all digital files. It doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> so. it's not. Yeah. Trying something out is never going to like, I think it's harder for me to let things go than it is to try them to begin with. Yeah. But it is. Like I got... <laughs> I don't really something about Welcome to Night Vale just like <laughs> doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I tried to listen to it for so long and I just had to recognize that it was not for me yeah. and I stopped listening to it and I've never gone back to it because I'm like, I've listened to like a good 15 episodes. I know what that show is. It's not for me. Yeah. I'm moving on, you yeah. know? That's the way it is sometimes. But that was like harder for me than it w- than it is to like to admit like, you know, this <laughs> this might not this might not stay in the queue. Right, right. <laughs> some, for some reason for right. me. Harder. And that's the thing. Some some things work for people, some things don't. Mm-hmm. But we're uh, all fickle humans with different tastes. Yeah. That's the way it yeah, is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny uh even to hear like uh, if um yeah I, I mean that actually just made me think like even back to the black lives matter shirts mm-hmm. there's <laughs> and this is just how like geeky like front-end mm. developers can be because <laughs> <laughs> so there's some people that like won't get the shirt because the way that the code is lined up <laughs> <laughs> which is totally Something understandable. I like yeah. kind of knew that's where that was going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like when I write my, when I write my CSS, it's, it's written in that format where. Sure. Yeah. There was a, uh, sorry to interrupt. There was a big yeah. storyline on Silicon Valley. Yep, yep. I saw that. Yep. I saw I, that. That's immediately, as soon as you started yep. talking about like, there's some people who won't wear it because I was like, I bet this is a total like spaces versus tabs thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> totally yeah by the way that it's yeah by the way it's a line and some people prefer to have their css on one line uh-huh. i prefer to have it in different lines That's and so th- funny and, and that may eliminate a lot of your listeners right there so uh. <laughs> so knowing, knowing that i write my css on different lines 
I like it visually. Some people like it uh, condensed. Uh-huh. And 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 that's the thing. And maybe and that's something that I'm thought about. Like considering, like maybe I should do two runs of certs oh with one gosh. using a condensed CSS line because people prefer that's that so much. So funny. So, oh my god. So yeah, it's so it's different tastes. Like people are like, I'm so for it, but I just can't have my CSS looking like that. So, and I'm like, it's completely valid. This oh is how I write my, my code. God. <laughs> oh my god. I'm but yeah, dying. That's but amazing. If you are wondering, uh, spaces versus tabs person, I am a tabs person. See, so. <laughs> I will say throughout that episode, even though I am not a coder, I was like, I mean, tabs just makes more sense. <laughs> Why would you just go all willy nilly with spaces when you could do one tab? Like everything middle digits character was saying, I was like, Yeah. yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Like, that yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you could totally, you're watching and you're like, yeah, that would probably tear apart a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I can't wait till this um, align, like, releases because then I'll just check my mentions and see how many, how many people. It'll be, that'll be the one controversial thing I'll say. The fact that I use tabs in my CSS over spaces. oh my gosh that is so funny i'm so glad i had that point of reference oh that's great yeah yeah i'm a big fan of that show so it's great it's really great uh i mean we could like (laughs) definitely continue to talk about like (laughs) the white male problem (laughs) where that show is concerned but like i've read a a decent amount about it and it seems like for better or worse to be almost by design Mm -hmm. and definitely uh is getting like it's like each season they'll introduce at least one more like it's like oh here's another lady (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. um i'll i'll fire the spoiler horn real quick sure here um but there was like that really integral part where um like a woman of color was very integral to the plot in in the in the latest season with the testing of the new software yes which was great it was yeah which was yeah 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 so like there there are like those instances where like all right all right i see i see what you're trying i see what you're doing and then getting there and then again like i also don't know if like you said it is by design and it's almost like a double level commentary Uh, yeah exactly Mm -hmm. i know i know that what like and i'm not even trying to defend it because i don't (laughs) think it needs me to defend it it's just a funny show that i do enjoy watching um but i have read that uh the showrunner mike judge like Mm -hmm. knows full well like the show that he is making and uh i do think you know i think it was a good thing that uh it, even though it was, you know, the result of the tragic loss of one of the actors from the yeah. first season, um, and knowing and, and again, like kind of following that's this is where I nerd out is like yeah. I love TV and I love comedy, so things like that I can just read about all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, am, I am the same way. I don't, I don't, I don't watch many shows, but when I find one, I obsess like mm-hmm. fuck over it. <laughs> Brief aside: Have you ever watched um, anything on Amazon's Prime's? Uh, uh, like iPad app, a cup. I haven't watched it on their iPad app. Okay, no. because I am currently obsessed with their X-ray feature. Have you used this? No. What is okay. that? Oh my so, god! So I'm, this is literally the I coolest. I feel thing. like I don't need to know about this because it'll like. <laughs> so this is literally the coolest thing as as a frequent multi-screener and, okay. and Wikipedia. Uh huh. I just made up that verb. <gasps> and Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> Love it. 
while watching things and consistently asking whoever I'm watching the show, who is that person? Who is that person? Oh my Why God. is this thing? So this x-ray feature. Oh my if God. You, and I don't know if this happens on the phone app or anything, but mm-hmm. when you use Amazon Prime on your iPad and uh-huh. you airplay it to an Apple TV, your iPad becomes the secondary display. Uh-huh. And what happens is it's like magic. So whatever is happening on your main screen, which is your Apple TV, on the iPad, it's showing live what characters are on screen, what actor or actress it is, and I shit you not, trivia about like <sighs> scenes, including things that are errors, things that are right, things oh that are wrong. Oh my God. And it happens literally in real time. Like so, pop-up video yeah, for every show. Exactly. Oh so like, my God. That was even more amazing than I anticipated that yeah. being. So this happened to me because I started watching my first show on Amazon Prime, Mr. Robot. Okay. And I, am, I, am only, <laughs> I only finished the pilot. Okay. So I have a lot to go. Was it because of, uh, was it due to share picking it up yep. okay yep. all right yep. all right yeah so share share got me on that train i knew she fell down that hole this week <laughs> yeah so share got me on that train and i you know the first time i used amazon prime because that was the only place it was at mm-hmm. and i played it and i was like what the hell oh so this is this oh so this is what oh this and oh I, my I, god that it, sounds amazing it changed my entire viewing experience it makes me want to like rewatch the whole first season with that on so I could just like read everything. It was absolutely incredible. And it made me less annoying <laughs> watching uh, watching things with you my have wife. To constantly. Yeah, because I'm terrible. I'm like, who was that? Where were they in? I just went to the iPad. They told me who it, it was. Up, put oh, it back oh down. God. God oh. Brilliant. Brilliant. Ooh, that is such a bad thing for <laughs> me and my boyfriend too, because he's more uh like I know a lot but he knows more where stuff like that is concerned. Oh. He knows like every actor, every like he will have read, you know, every once in a while I'll catch him on something that I know like a little more about or a project or something that I know more about. But he also works in um, like he works in kind of like film and TV. So he like has to go through a lot of shows and movies for work. So he literally like, by trade knows a lot of these things. Um, so it's like impossible for me to keep up at some point. So I'm always going like, who is that? Why do I know that person? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. exactly. And this was the first time ever where I didn't have to do that. Uh, that so, sounds like a dream. Yeah. It's literally the coolest thing. Like I still, I'm like, wow. I gotta, I wonder if it's like, because I use, I don't have Apple TV. I have a Roku and we watch stuff through his like, playstation so mm-hmm. i wonder if i used my phone as like my roku remote because there are some pretty cool features on that or if it's just an apple tv exclusive feature i'm you gonna have, have to, to look check into it, it. yeah <laughs> you said it's called x-ray <laughs> yeah it's it's the feature is called x-ray uh, yeah. it's the same thing that's used in the kindle um app on Amazon, so yeah, it's it's incredible. It was literally like magic. That sounds like I was like in that moment where I was like, I can't believe I fucking live in this like time of yeah. (laughs) Whereas like I've seen a cartoon before where it's like um, the world before IMDb, and it's just like two people (laughs) sitting on a couch, and it's like, huh. I wonder what that actor's (laughs) name is. (laughs) Guess I'll never know. 
<laughs> that's and that's so literally true. just the whole thing. That's I so wonder true. who that is. Guess I'll never know. That's End of <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. And even before then, where it's like, oh, I wonder who that is. Yeah. Let me hop on my big honking tan <laughs> yeah. computer two rooms down and right. close out the phone like- line. <laughs> You have to like write down all the people that, and like yeah, like writing down timestamps and yeah. rewinding your VCR to find yeah, uh, yeah. you know what a time to be your alive. Leonard Malton guide yeah. or something. Yeah, it's it's stupid that now I can just t- ask my watch who who was you the cat who yeah who watch. yeah who was in the cast of like fucking Pocahontas? This is what happened like two days ago. But, like who was the voice of Pocahontas? And I asked my watch, and I was like, what? The- this is this is literally this is what my ancestors <laughs> like if i could t- if i could tell my ancestors that like i'm using my brain power to talk to my watch <laughs> to find out who voice. was the voice of like a late 1990s cartoon i feel like they would be disappointed in me so <laughs> i feel like they would mostly just be really jealous yeah i, I guess so so it's i like, don't know what if they were super into pocahontas yeah so like i sent a little prayer like when i think about that i'm like we do this for you <laughs> so. my stomach hurts from laughing <laughs> at the idea of that oh my god it's and we wonder why like the level of celebrity has risen so much in the internet age and like the twitter age and Mm -hmm. you know being so tapped into who is doing what and saying what and all of this it's because we have so much more information we know Mm -hmm. who all these people are for better or worse yeah i've been really like liking this idea of um keeping silent Mm. lately it's it's been it's been ways that I've been like making more deposits into my self-care bank of, of, of like kind of having this feeling that like, no, I don't have to comment on this thing because it doesn't really matter at this moment, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and there's like, there, there's some kind of a lure to people that like, you don't really know their entire story. Yeah. Like there, there's something really, there's really something to that. I and think then, so too. You mean it like in, where celebrity is concerned or um, just people in general not only celebrity but people in general um i'm always intrigued when i can't google about somebody uh-huh and i'm all i'm like incredibly attracted to people who are not increasingly available there, yeah. there there's something very fascinating about people like that and i don't know if it's like a strong sense of um awareness of their time and energy and mm-hmm. how much that they dedicate to what is it they contribute in the world that sure. they're not necessarily concerned about the fleeting matters of the here and now sure i don't know it's i don't know if it's like an aspirational thing in mm-hmm. a way but it's something that i kind of flirted with with my like time away and mm-hmm. it's like your zoo trip yeah yeah there's something there's something to that and i don't know i really i've i I almost like this is making me want to just like pull the plug and go like, how do I deactivate my Facebook profile <laughs> like a week at a time? <laughs> yeah, I'll just go off a week, mm-hmm. come back on, post my show, go off, <laughs> come back. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, the only because like the thing is like I tried, I tried like the deactivation thing. Uh huh. But like, sadly, but not like I mean, 
the numbers don't lie. A lot of people that listen to our shit are on Facebook. Yeah. That's how people know about it. Dude, so I now, know. So now I just honestly set aside a certain time of day when I go on it That's to what check. I should do too. Um, like twice a day, give myself a max. And just totally cut out everything else. Yeah. That's yeah. what and I just, need and, to and, do. And, yeah, and kind of like set up... Uh, like roadblocks mm-hmm. and I trying did to a, like yeah uh, what? there's like a stay focused um chrome extension mm-hmm. when i was working on writing a show a couple months ago that i just had to i i put it on facebook and was because it's like it's like a uh a tick mm-hmm. you know it's like a oh i'm i'm thinking yeah or I'm, yeah you're like oh hard problem command t F A exactly enter you know exactly so, yeah, yeah. and all I needed was one thing you know mm-hmm. I allotted it like ten minutes a day or something like that yeah and uh, I was like welp mm-hmm. you're an idiot like <laughs> you don't need to look at this anymore <laughs> yeah um a thing that really kind of made me aware of it was like two things one this application called Rescue Time okay um it's a it's a free application and what it does is it just sits on your computer. And it monitors the type of programs you open and some of the websites that you visit. So oh it's, it's so it's not you know open to anyone else but you and mm-hmm. your data. And what happens is every Sunday they send you an email report that says this is how you spent your week. Wow! And they're like you and they give you percentages. They're like you spent say twenty percent of your week social networking. <laughs> you know. And I was looking at that. I was like, ah, that is a problem. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like I am wasting this amount of my energy into this. So like that was yeah. a red flag. And then another. I can't imagine mm-hmm. what my numbers would be. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing was this book that I read from uh, Cal Newport. It's called Deep Work. And the thing about this book is like off the back. And this is. You know, I'm going to put my design hat on for a second. <laughs> like the way that the book sounds when it's being marketed, it sounds like one of those like really stupid ass self-helpy books. <laughs> but like when you get into it, it's really not. And I feel bad that that's what it looks like on the outside because on the inside, it's incredibly practical. Mm-hmm. It's not new agey bullshit mm-hmm. and it's written by a pretty fucking smart person um and what the premise of this book is uh what it talked about was like how important it is to have time where you're fully dedicated on a certain task without distractions because of like all these these fleeting like back and forth of attention really robs yourself of like the neuron power needed to like actually focus in. Like I've heard, I don't, I don't know where I heard this thing from, but it's like if you get distracted from something, it takes twenty one minutes to get back into your, um, to get back Grief. to where you are. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. So that can be something as simple as you're working on something, you get a text and you respond to it. Yeah. Then it literally it takes you about twenty one minutes to get oh back to the, the method of focus that, that you have. Yeah. By that equation, I feel like I'm like never doing anything. (laughs) I'm never actually working on anything. Yeah. And the big thing that like he talked about in this book was like about how much, as what he calls shallow work, 
can permeate so much of like what capes what uh, takes for like a lot of the deep thinking like for instance i ever since i was reading a book i was trying to like really incorporate more deep work thinking into my every day so like a good example i was on the way to like a client meeting downtown and then I got there earlier than she got there. So mm-hmm. I had like 20 minutes to myself in this conference room. And rather than scrolling through Twitter and Facebooking and email checking or whatever, mm-hmm. I legit like looked out the window. <laughs> I looked out at like downtown. I thought about a lot of shit. And then like I got like a couple ideas of things to do and because like my mind was idle. Yeah. And I was thinking like, like from a complete logistical standpoint the value of those ideas that came about from that idle mind was well way more valuable than like the emails that i would have responded to at that time man so and and then like that combined with like dedicated time for email checking it kind of like became like this like okay like it's a little uncomfortable at first but then it feels like natural after a couple weeks that's awesome man yeah look into this yeah and that's the thing like i I feel so bad for cal because like the books like on the surface sounds like such a deucey book (laughs) 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 but it's deep work yeah i know exactly (laughs) exactly and i'm just like if it was just marketed i promise you guys i know and i've had to defend it so many (laughs) times and yeah so but but it is it's really something to that and like I, I think, again, like connecting back to what we talked about earlier, and I guess this also connects back to like what my therapist has been telling me is that like with treating anxiety and depression, a lot of times trying to distract yourself from thinking about what's really affecting you deeply is worse because you're consistently pushing it away, pushing it away, pushing it away, much like procrastinating on deep work <laughs> or the say, things that you're matter probably never actually focusing as right. much attention and energy as you could be right exactly much like i may not be actively focusing on the things that are making me anxious but if it's like nope i'm gonna face this head on and not think about anything else then like you have to power through it you know man that's so interesting this is <laughs> i absolutely I'm loving this conversation. Oh, you pulled so much out of me. <laughs> hey, man, I'm sure, as you know, that, like, if nothing else, sheer time spent doing something <laughs> will make you, like, okay at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's none about that brute force about it. Like, man, that's real. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like there's... Um, we're cut like encroaching on the hour mark. That does not necessarily mean that I'm trying to close this out. I'm a, I'm a real free former here. Um, but I definitely want to, um, ask like, I don't know, um, it, that I have anything else um, that I specifically would love you to speak on. I feel like you've covered all these wonderful things that uh, you've funneled your, you know, these projects that you funneled your anxiety into these ways that you find to, combat it and to you know even supplement it in in terms of that's kind of how I feel about this like rescue time and deep work seem like ways that you've like only uh you know added to the power that 
your anxiety can give you. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel like there's anything in this conversation that you would like be remiss if you didn't touch on? Is there anything else that um, when you when we settled on talking about this, I know it was like right before, even yeah. though you'd been spending some time thinking about it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything that you went, well, I definitely have to talk about that that we haven't covered? Um. I, I I think like a couple things because mm-hmm. like I think I was talking with Cher about this earlier today and it's like this idea that like you appear that you have your shit together <laughs> and like a lot of times like we're all just trying to figure it out just as much as everyone else. So true. And it's it's hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like I'm super thankful of like all the things that have come my way but it's something that like i have to remind myself that like i don't have it all together and like a lot of it is just me trying to trick myself (laughs) so i can keep going yeah and And not let those doubts and you know yeah other anxieties yeah yeah yeah. and like that that it's kind of like okay to like show your show your skeleton sometimes And I think, like, another thing, too, especially, like, when it comes to anxiety and mental health is that, like, you know, I'm suggesting, like, rescue time and deep work and all this stuff. But, like, that's what worked for me. Sure. Yes. And we are all little snowflakes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, like, what a big annoyance that I get, like, with a lot of people that, like, call themselves, like, professional advice givers or whatever mm-hmm. they whatever they discuss or whatever mm-hmm. motivational that, speakers yeah yeah, yeah exactly like yeah. exactly and like i don't you know i'm hoping with like those suggestions that it doesn't come off that way oh, but goodness, it's just like no yeah it's just like it's what worked for me and that's because like i'm that type of person that needs that as a grounding force for my particular case of anxiety sure like for instance I tried to do the whole thing where I scheduled all 24 hours of my day on a calendar. And I tried that for a couple weeks and it worked well for like three days. And then it actually gave me more anxiety. So that's what you're referencing earlier. Yeah. And it actually gave me more anxiety when things didn't fall uh, completely up to plan. And for some people that call themselves like the best, worker whatever type people are like you have yeah you have to do that you have to do this and it's like for me it doesn't because that doesn't work for me me feel worse yeah exactly um what else also i get really pissed off when people are like like all you have to do is hustle and those type of people because it like completely like it's it's very one-sided in a way that makes you feel like if you're not working on something then you're a terrible person sure you know what i mean and it's sure. like that's where a lot of great things happen in the breaks when yes. you're not doing stuff and like if you're <laughs> man here i am on my soapbox i love like it if you're, no, it's okay we already <laughs> yeah. we already couched it in you yeah know, these are your opinions um, this is what works for you yeah like people that are like oh yeah i work 12 hour days and I'm always like, I guess in your case, I'm always writing mm. all the time. And it's like, yeah, but you're tired as fuck. And yeah. you're probably not getting 
the best stuff that you could be doing because you're running yourself into the ground and it's probably not your, you know, and again, like maybe some people that work from, maybe some people suffer from insomnia. Like yeah. that's the thing. But it's like, that was a big thing that I was incredibly anxious about before I started oh, having professional help. Yeah, exactly. And this idea of like, I'm not pushing a 10 hour day, so I must be a failure. Mm. I must not be working as hard as everyone else. And so I realized that like, I work best when I have eight hours of sleep and that's okay. So it's like realizing like what works for me. Yeah. Sometimes if you stay up until two working, then you shouldn't start your day until, (laughs) you know, 10 the next day. Right, right, right. And some people are complete night owls. I am not. I like Mm. to be in bed at 930 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) And I like to wake up at six. Mm -hmm. And that's just my circadian rhythms. And some people are like, man, I'm up till three. My (laughs) my example of two to 10 is probably my circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. like that. If if left to my natural, you know, um pattern i think that's when i would sleep yeah like, i would just go to bed at two every night and wake up at 10 mm-hmm. every morning and yeah. unfortunately the the world at least the the kind semi pseudo nine to five world that i mm-hmm. sometimes work in does is not friendly to that lifestyle yeah yeah, yeah. And I think another thing, too, is, like, this idea of, like, being cool with having, like, super niches and Mm. stuff. And I guess, like, thinking about, like, the Black Lives Matter t-shirts, for instance, like, I'm in in a very specific niche of um, black person that works vaguely in technology and rights and CSS. You know what I mean? So it's like on paper to like your standard MBA business type person, like having something so niche to that, like should not succeed. But in fact, serving that niche Those, works. That niche needs that. Yeah. yeah to that, cling on to. Yeah. That works. And especially since all the money is going towards uh, pe- other people, then it especially works. It feels yeah. really good when I get that email saying X amount has been sent to Black Lives Matter Chicago. It elates me. That's awesome, um, James. So, God, that's so awesome. <laughs> thank you. Um, or, or like Pulse Loudness, for instance. They're like, yeah. Why, yeah, it was like, why would you focus on this? You know, yeah. like black people don't listen to podcasts. You know, like stuff like, <laughs> you know, it like that's wow. What, yeah, that's, that you've really gotten that kind of response. Um, past, I've, I've heard I've heard it from people of people, not not directly to my face. Okay. Um, okay. So. But but yeah, when you serve somebody's gonna want to listen to Devil's Avocado, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And like, yeah, like somebody's gonna listen to Black Girl and Ohm. Like, there mm-hmm. are people that want these shows and want to like have these conversations with people either mm-hmm. directly or in their commute. Sure. And they're they're itching for their stories to be heard. So it's like, why not help them out? And I don't know. Like, I really believe like if you're trying to like make something for everybody it's probably gonna, gonna be suck. for no one <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that is yeah it's just so it's such a cliche true. it's such a cliche but it's a cliche because it's true i think so too <laughs> i'm trying to remember like what the most recent example of that i know there was something in the like comedy world recently that i was like oh this is awful because it's trying to cater to everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that but i I'm yeah, of yeah, course yeah. not going to be able to remember it um, yeah, and I, I, I guess like thinking to like what, like I'm saying, because like, hmm, 
I guess like thinking back to the social the social justice and anxiety fight, I already know for a fact, like whenever I talk about like my blackness publicly, it turns off people at least. Sure. Like I think about I don't know, the average person that follows me on Twitter that maybe like heard about me because like, oh yeah, like I run a podcast collective. Right. And then they're just thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just going to talk about podcast stuff on Twitter. Right. And then I'm pissed off. I'm like, yeah, the world and is fucked up because another, yeah, because uh, another queer person got killed or another trans person got killed, you know, and it's just like me just trying to like get through with like what I'm like trying to of make course. out of my head. I, and, and yeah, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I guess not focusing so much on, like, what you think you have to be because, like, in the end, we're all just, like, multidimensional, intersectional people. And like you said, figuring it out (laughs) and trying to, you know, make our way through shit the best we can. I remember you speaking to that a little while you were at um, uh, the podcast movement. Yeah. Because it was, like, a terrible terrible week in news and for people of color oh my god so (laughs) it was was, awful yeah like that was a perfect example of like what we talked about at the top of the show so so yeah i spoke at podcast movement this year and i want to say like the day it started was when like it was like every day of podcast movement there was a new black person that, that died yeah and it was it was rough for a couple of reasons and a couple of things. And it kind of like led to me having an anxiety attack on the bus, which then led to me sending out a bunch of tweets because I was frustrated. And it was this feeling of um, existing in two different worlds. So, yeah. God. so I would I can't imagine. Yeah. So I would leave my house. And it would be my normal experience of being on a bus of either being invisible or feeling completely confident in myself or being hyper visible and like dealing with casual microaggressions, you know, I'm tall, I'm big, I have dreadlocks, you know, and, and then walking into podcast movement, which is like this concealed like space where you're around people around one topic Mm-hmm. And then me putting on my badge that has my name and speaker mm-hmm. on it, which immediately gives me privileges sure. of someone who is speaking at this place, yeah. which gives like a silent visibility to people that this person is of some important, yeah. which like means people treat on clout. <laughs> yeah. Which means people treat you differently. Sure. People absolutely treat you differently. Sure. And then having this like semi cloud around you and then immediately when you walk out of those doors you know same old same you know and i was forgot who i was talking with but they were joking around with me they were like oh wow so you got treated just like a regular human (laughs) in the in in the doors and i was like shit you're right yeah this is i guess what it feels like like. that's like Um, what black lives matter (laughs) is about yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know yeah or at least from my perspective Mm -hmm. it seems to be yeah so it was just like this um this interesting feeling of like existing in these two worlds and it feels like that every day yeah yeah so it's like kind of like even that feeling like whenever i come into the space or any kind of like other like quote-unquote safe space Mm -hmm. of 
having and again like that has its own troubles because you know podcast movement was still very very white i'm sure Uh, sure. and it's like when you said that i was like that's i was thinking that too yeah 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 so like it's part of it has to be part of the conversation yeah yeah so like you know a lot of us POCs were just like hanging deep. I, <laughs> so saw, you. I saw you saying like, I saw you said something to the effect of like, I see us all just kind of like keeping an eye out. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And knowing and, that there's all this like inner yeah. different turmoil. Yeah. So I, I, I know that like definitely came to an apex when I was speaking mm-hmm. at, on that panel of this feeling of existing in two worlds and like that constant dichotomy. But then also realizing that like i have my own privileges too Mm -hmm. and then like realizing that like a trans woman of color like i still have like my privileges you know what i mean so it's like sure regardless still i'm a male identified person so like i'm able to throw (laughs) my my weight around in some instances where even like my friends won't be able to so it's like i definitely think about that a lot yeah so it's always like being aware of those things little cis white woman (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like i I guess that's a very long winded way to say like everything i said too that's coming from my personal intersection and knowing that like some of those things won't work for other people that don't identify within my intersections like yeah I think I, yeah I wonder like how certain projects would have been and it's even like in small things too where like when we talk about post loudness and I have to check people because they immediately assume that it's all me huh and I'm like no 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 no, no. there are there are two other people i.e women I'm the only man on this entire collective like really yeah so I'm like no 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 I knew this it is... was vast majority women but yeah I yeah, yeah. You're yeah the I'm only... the only male identified wow. person um and and it's like, and I'll, I'll catch it in certain things, like whether it's like an email or like through podcast moves, like, oh, I've been so great to meet you. I'm so happy to hear about your collective. I'm like, well, there's no, also no, no. these, these two wonderful people who also co-founded this, the two sure. women right here. Sure. Um, so it's like little things like that. And I know it's not intentional, but it's just also like the unconscious biases that sure. that occur in life. And you may very well be like, you know, you've said so like you're the type A, you're a driving force, but there's so much to be said for just because one, you know, it's the tip of the iceberg, right. you know, you just because you're seeing one thing doesn't mean there's not this like web of other things below yeah. the surface that you have no yeah. concept of. Yeah. I mean, in a larger sense, like the black lives matter shirt wouldn't exist if black lives matter wasn't started by three queer women of color. Holy shit. So it's like in the end, like it's, it's all levels it's all levels um so yeah i think it's like really important to like realize when like you have like these pieces of advice given about or like these stories to wonder about like how are their personal intersections being affected by their narrative yeah and sometimes remembering the silent um voices that sometimes don't get enough credit absolutely when you can amplify them so Man, here we are. That's awesome. <laughs> this is a, I I think this is a, a perfect time to ask um, 
and I know we've we've danced around this and talked about it so much <laughs> because it's just inherent in this conversation for us. But how do you feel like your anxiety, especially you know where your work in social justice uh, has um, exhibited itself and the things that you have done um, with Post Loudness and with this project and with you know upcoming projects that I know you have on deck mm-hmm. and just God in your life in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, where do you, f- how do you feel like that anxiety has influenced you creatively? Um, I feel like it influenced me creatively because it's given me a more narrow lens to focus on what is the output of, of this. So it's like knowing I have anxiety makes me know that like, okay, whatever is coming my way, I'm going to think about this differently. Okay. And it's because of this genetic imbalance in my skull (laughs) so it's like already coming at it with that sense sensibility so it's like okay so how can i fight this because you can't cure anxiety it's just something that you have to kind of like deal with Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Uh, i had a friend tell me that it's like a sidecar that exists with you um for life Uh um and yeah so it's like something to remember so it's like all right i have this situation and I have the sidecar of anxiety that's along for the ride, whether I like it or not. Hmm. So what can I do to not only help, uh, like, stuff that down, but then also, like, do something great about sure. it? So it's been, like, a good way to say, like, okay, I can now pinpoint where I'm going to take this direction. So it's, like, realizing what part of this is making me anxious yeah. and then utilizing that as a point. Like, it's weird. It's like, like, I look at anxiety like a client. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's like client services. It's like, all right, like, they, like, what is the objective of my anxiety that the client named anxiety? That's so funny. And, and like, how am I going to satisfy this client? Um, So that's, like, that's what I justify in my brain. It's really weird to vocalize. I love (laughs) that. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, that's an insight into my brain. I love that. <laughs> that like, you know, I, I, <laughs> my brain doesn't work like that at all. Like, it's fascinating to hear you speak yeah, to that. I am. <laughs> I'm no, I, I am I, so process driven. <laughs> that's incredible. Like, I am envious. I'm all over the place. I think, again, like, again, returning to like my own relationship with my significant other, I think he's much more um you know process based and anxiety driven than i am and so i'll be you know making dinner and then have to (laughs) go whatever it is you know what i like answer a text or whatever the other bullshit is that i you know consume my time with and he's just like can we not finish this one thing you know like and it's like oh you're right i'm a monster (laughs) yeah but then i think it's good to have partners like that because (laughs) like you know my my wife is very much like you mm. and she helps me not like run myself into a hole yeah like going to the zoo was her idea Aww. but i'm like no we have to do this and that and going mm-hmm. to the zoo would be not I, for- <laughs> my time yeah. yeah yeah exactly so like getting me off track and like even in the case of like post loudness and having like co-founders of different divergencies and like like yeah yeah having having the the ability yeah to shake shake it all up like i feel like if all i did was hang around type a people it would just be a nervous wreck (laughs) it would be exhausting (laughs) for one thing that's a really good way of putting it would be exhausting yeah yeah it would be absolutely exhausting like i feel like the main reason why i can geek out over tv is the fact that like 
my wife and like a lot of my friends are TV nerds and I wasn't uh-huh. and they've helped me become TV sure, nerds. Sure, that's funny. Yeah, because if it wasn't for me, then I'd be like, oh, well, I am now off the clock. So what can I do to pr- product my time? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no. Like, no, no. Yeah, Unwind. and I'm like, no, you know, you Fill just want your wanna, brain with nonsense. <laughs> yeah, you just want to watch Netflix. Go fucking watch Netflix. Turn <laughs> on, <so> funny. <laughs> turn on like I don't know Dawson's Creek and yeah. just like watch an episode. Yeah. Uh, my, so yeah. My my uh, my boyfriend's really great about stuff like that too. And I will say <laughs> to briefly tout my own horn and yes. prove that that does go both ways. That it's not just him going, "What are you doing? Focus on this." He recently like um, accomplished something that he was. Uh, and like I talked to him afterwards and he was like, it felt so amazing. I felt so good about it. I like couldn't be happier with the result. And I was like, I'm so happy for you. Like, I, you know, of course, I was so like proud that he had done it and everything. And then like not even a day later, maybe even later that night, he was just like, what if it's bad? What if it's so bad? And I don't yeah. know. And I'm blinded. What if it's bad? And I looked at him and I was like you specifically are your own worst enemy. You are your biggest critic. If anyone was going to know it was bad, it is you. And he mm. was like, you are so right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you need that other voice to just tell you like, yo, you, you know yourself better than you think. Exactly. And like, and you know, some people are different. Some people need the other person to go to check them and be like, this is bad. You need to work on it. But I know him and I know that his brain is always going to be more critical of his work than anyone else's. And mm-hmm. I just had to remind him of that. And he was like, you're right. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I did it. I yeah. helped. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. James, this has been so wonderful. Yes. Thank you again for allowing me into your safe space. Uh, this of is course. Good. Of course. Thank you so much for being interested in and wanting to share your story and your perspective on all this. Mm-hmm. I love you and I mean that. Thank you. Baby, how you feeling? This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.